Welcome to another episode of the WCPO High School Insider Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Dyer. Plenty of high school sports news happening around the greater Cincinnati area. Later on, you're going to hear a conversation I had with uh, Norwood State Champion Elizabeth Banderas Rodriguez. She won a state championship in the annual state girls wrestling tournament this past weekend at Hilliard Davidson. Her and Harrison freshman Chloe Deerwester took home state championships and a very significant uh, accomplishment for both of those individual athletes. We're going to have a little bit more about that tournament a little bit later on in this episode. But first, we had some football news in greater Cincinnati this week as Princeton head football coach Mike Daniels accepted a director of on-campus recruiting position with the Army football program. And certainly a lot of people will miss uh, Coach Daniels and his uh, impact there with the uh, Vikings. Uh, Certainly had a lot of success here the past couple of seasons. And uh, Athletic Director Joe Roberts mentioned that the uh, search will begin immediately for Daniel's successor. So be interested to see uh, who ends up uh, with that position there in Sharonville. Also, Taft High School named former Coleraine standout Tyler Williams as its next head football coach. And that happened this past weekend. So uh, Tyler is taking over for Chef Cargyle, uh, who was relieved of his duties earlier this school year. There was also more football news in addition to that as uh, I broke the story on Friday night on WCPO.com that the Ohio High School Athletic Association is considering a proposal uh, that will tweak the Harbin points system. Make a long story short, you can read it online on WCPO.com, but uh, there is a potential for uh, picking up a half of a first level point if you're a losing team. Uh, during the 2021 season. And you can read all about those details, as I mentioned, on WCPO.com. But uh, that may, had me thinking, why not get some reaction from uh, some greater Cincinnati coaches about the Harbin system, the computer point system, as it were. And uh, everybody has their own take, uh, as, as any high school football fan knows. Um, things have been kind of in flux here the past couple of years, uh, you know, with the, the impact of the COVID-19 pandemic in the 2020 season. All eligible Ohio high school football teams uh, were able to participate in the postseason, and that was the first time that that's happened since 1972 when the Harbin Point system was implemented in the state of Ohio. But uh, I, uh, I spoke with uh, elder coach Doug Ramsey about the Harbin Point system, what he, his take is, and you know, just kind of the tweaks over the years. And uh, here's a part of our conversation, as he mentioned you know, it may be time for a major overhaul. Here's what he's saying. My whole reaction to it is I, I, I think that, uh, I think we have a broken system. You know, I, the, the, you think about it over the years, all the changes that have taken place with heart. We were for a long time. It was, it was one team in each region and it was two, then it was four, then it was eight. And then we said, well, we're not going to have four regions. We're just going to do the North and the South. And then we get rid of that. And now we're going to 12 and now we're saying, oh, let's have um, a, a component or a strength of schedule component. You know, we used to have three divisions. Now we have seven. You know, it's like we just keep putting these Band-Aids on, on, on a problem. And, you know, when I look at other parts of football, you look at the NFL. In each division, they play pretty much the same schedule. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you earn your way in that way. College. College is more like us. It's, the schedules are apples and oranges. And you look at high school around us. You know, Indiana, everybody gets in. Kentucky, they have their, their regions where you actually play three or maybe four other teams, depending upon how big your region is. And, and, and you have a legitimate chance, the same chance as everybody in your region, you know, to get into the playoffs because you're playing the same schedule. 
and and we're not doing that. You know, I think it, for us, like I said, it's, it's it's apples and oranges, and and to me, there's there's two things that that you can do, and one to me makes the most sense, and and that's just you let everybody in, and you play nine games, and by week seven, everybody says I'm either in or I'm out. You know, and, and in that way, they can have a week 10 game. And it, so kind of take what we did this past season, mm. you know, almost, except we're going to play a nine game schedule. And then the other part is or the other way to do it to me is we go back to if we're going to use the Harbins and do this stuff, you go back to only four teams make it and everybody's forced to have to play a pretty mm. difficult schedule. You know, um, I don't think people want to go that direction because I think that, um, you know, People like the idea of, of, of teams being in the playoffs. I like the idea of teams being in the playoffs. I know there's some people out there that say, well, it, it, you need to earn your way in. Well, it's easy to say when none of your games, you're better than the other teams are. You know what I mean? So it's it's it's, it's a little different. I think you, you looked at last year, you know, Taylor won their first playoff game ever. Um, you know, teams got to participate in the playoffs and, and never did. I mean, let's look at basketball right now. We, we've had two teams bail out of the, of, you know, so. And I don't like the way that happened because to me, that's too late. You know, like you can't go to the drawing and say, uh, I don't like our draw. But and that's why I say if we just said week seven, you say you're in, you're out. And I think we would find it to be a good number of teams. Maybe at the beginning, everybody would. But over time, teams might say, well, you know what? I would rather play somebody in week 10, give our kids a chance, get ready for next year, whatever it may be. Um, but but, yeah, I just think that the, the Harbin is it's just an outdated system that just no one else. No one else does anything like that. You know what I mean? It's like you, you look around to the other states. Nobody's doing that. It, it's 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 to me. You let everybody in, or you know, we 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 got to find a a system where, like, you know, we were just talking. I, I think it'd be pretty cool, but I don't think you can do this in Ohio because there's too many teams. But do like Kentucky does. I mean, think if we hit a a little region here, so it would be us and West High and Oak Hills and Colerain. And we all had to play each other and two of those four teams would make it, you know, you can still be a part of your league and, and, and do those things and, and, and still play games against league opponents. Now in our division, it would work numbers wise and the other divisions, there's right. too many teams to be able to do that. But, but, it, but at least it would be a way to, to honestly earn your way in, in head to head matchups. You know, that's the thing about ours right now. There's not head to head matchups. Right. We're not playing any GMC teams. Right. We're not playing Lebanon. We're not playing, you know what I mean? And so, so, you know, to say that the Harbin system fairly chooses who makes it into the playoffs, that, I, that's not, that's not, that's not, it's not possible. It, it, can't, it, it can't justify that. Well, I want to get a take of another GCL South coach. And I went over and, and spoke with LaSalle head coach, Pat McLaughlin, uh, as the division two Lancers, uh, certainly one of the perennial favorites in the greater Cincinnati, but, uh, Pat says, hey, let's just put everybody in. And, and here's part of my conversation about his take on the Ohio high school football postseason. I actually like the system last year. And I agree, agree with what Doug said. Play seven or eight games. If you can opt into the playoffs, if you want to, if you don't, you can still have those last two or three weeks uh, to schedule games, which a lot of teams did. And I think it worked out well for everybody. I mean, you put everybody in and I understand the negative side of it, but which is you're going to get some lopsided score as well. I watched a, a girls' basketball game the other day where I think it was like 42 to one at half. So 
whether it's baseball or basketball or any sport, there's going to be some lopsided scores that everybody makes it, but throw everybody in and let's, and, and let's see what happens. I, I just think that why is football the only sport where everybody doesn't make the playoffs, put everybody in, everybody gets a chance to make the playoffs and let's see what happens. If you're a good enough team then you'll win a couple of games in the playoffs and make a run. Well, making the playoffs is certainly a, a major accomplishment for a lot of Ohio high school football teams, regardless of division. And uh, spoke with Sycamore coach Scott Dottillo, getting his perspective on this situation. Uh, you know, every coach has their own opinion, but uh, he says keeping it 12 teams per region each year, which is uh, what's going to be the plan right now for the 2021 season, just simply makes sense. He doesn't believe that every team uh, should be in the playoffs, but here's yeah, so what he my, said. My thought is I, I like the concept of 12. Um, I've always thought that, you know, my belief is you want the playoff caliber teams in and an eight, while within that eight, most of them are playoff caliber. I always felt like, especially, and this is selfishly with the GMC and the GCL, that there were multiple years in the last X amount of years where, where for various reasons, teams weren't able to get in the top eight, but they had great years. We had an eight and two year where we didn't get in the top eight. Mm -hmm. Coleraine had an eight and two year when they didn't, they didn't make it. I think it was the only time in however many years it's been that, that they didn't get it. There's been five and five, six and four GCL teams that haven't gotten in the top eight. And I think that's wrong. I think they should get, they should get in. And in our case, we should have been in that one year. Um, but I, um, I'm also against everybody getting in. Um, you know, I think there's, you know, I know this past season was the year it's, you know, you can't really compare because it, it was so odd, but there was like not much excitement for the playoffs when it wasn't different. It was just, it was just another, it was another week. Um, but, you know, I feel like the excitement of the playoffs, which is one of our huge goals every year, um, is the build up to get one getting in. Have you, have you earned enough points? Are you going to make it? If you earn enough to be at home, there's a, there's that fun stuff building up to the playoffs that, that helps with the experience of the playoffs. And if everybody's in, then that goes away. And um, so I like the idea of 12 because while some of the top 12 may not deserve to be in, I feel like everybody that's in those weird situations on a given year um, will at least get in to have their, have their shot at it. Um, but um, so that's kind of my take. So I think 12 is a good number. Um, you know, it's basically leaving out the teams that have had tough years, you know, in Division One anyway. And finally, I wanted to connect with uh, Franklin High School coach Larry Cox. Uh, you might recall that Larry's been at Talawana the past two seasons, but was named uh, Franklin's head coach earlier this month. Franklin is a Division Three program. And uh, from Larry's perspective, you know, he's been at this a very long time, a former longtime Lakota West coach in Division One, but now Division Three, uh, Franklin. But he says he thinks 16 teams make sense for each region. And uh, here's what he said, why he thinks that way. I thought the way things went this year was really, really good. And I can't believe that a team wants a buy. We're, we're not professionals, you know, or even colleges at this point. Our kids need that systematic, consistent scheduling structure. So I can't believe there's a team out there. So that's why I was never in favor of the 12. I, I, I didn't understand that part of it. 
Um, 16, you know, you just increase it. You get what you need. And then from a just from a finance standpoint, I know the OHSAA is going to have, you know, um, more money coming out of that, too. Um, so I think it's a win win for everybody to, to move to the 16. Um, I think it's um, something that, um, you know, makes sense. And I know they sort of had their plan, you know, before all this hit. And I think COVID sort of opened everybody's eyes to, okay, well, we'll do it this way this year, but oh, it went pretty good. Well, let's not cut our nose off despite our face and go with what really works. And, and I think it's what's best for kids in the sport at this time. It's just, you know, my opinion. And, and, you know, I think, listen, I know the Harbin system, everybody was behind it and it worked and that's what it was for years. But at the same time now, as you open it up, I think it eases up scheduling for people too. They're not going to be afraid to play some of those harder preseason games. Maybe they're not going to dodge people, you know, because well, that one loss can, you know, bump them from the playoffs. You're probably more inclined to take that risk and take that chance. Um, so I, I don't see a negative out of it. Well, all these coaches, uh, as you can tell, I mean, you could speak to uh, 10 different coaches. I spoke with just four of them, but they're all going to have their own opinions. Uh, I mean, you could probably get a perspective from uh, Northern and Central Ohio that might be different from Southwest Ohio. But uh, at the end of the day, this is just a potential proposal for the OHSA to make its tweak to the Harbin Point system. So again, we're still at 12 teams per region. I don't think that the OHSA is rolling out 16 at this moment, um, but uh, you know we're going to have to see what happens here coming up in May when probably the football tournament regulations will be approved by the OHSA Board of Directors. But I want to transition to wrestling now, and we had two state champions take home um, some championship uh, hardware this past weekend at Hilliard-Davidson, Harrison, and Norwood. Uh, we'll certainly make some recognition ceremonies here in the upcoming weeks for their individual wrestlers. So now I'm joined by Norwood senior Lisbeth Banderas Rodriguez and Norwood athletic director Alex Hines. Lisbeth won a state championship this past weekend at Hilliard Davidson and uh, was kind enough to take a few minutes to join me here on the WCPO High School Insider podcast. Lisbeth, thanks for uh, your time and uh, congratulations to you. Tell me a little bit about um, the reaction you've received, not only from school, but uh, maybe everybody there in the Norwood community about your state championship this past weekend. Um, I was, I was really shocked. And like when, after that match was over, I just couldn't believe, couldn't believe it at all. I was like, felt like I was dreaming. And after um, a match, it was really emotional from after beat, um, losing three times from her and finally getting the chance to um, beat her once. Um, uh, felt really good and, um, and actually winning my first win, like first place in my entire wrestling career. Um, but yeah. Tell me about, uh, you defeated, um, Fairfield's Marissa Meyer and tell me a little bit about, uh, uh, your competition with her this year, this year. And I assume there's going to be a lot of mutual respect between both of you. When I first wrestled her, I wasn't really prepared and um our first first time wrestling it was really good match but uh, but I ended up losing and after when I saw her uh 
wrestled her in my um, home school. Um, she ended up beating me again, and I was getting really frustrated and uh, telling my coach, like, you know, like, I'm doing what I, all I can, like, I'm losing, and I kept making silly mistakes uh, from those matches that I had with her. And when I went to districts, uh, she ended up beating me again. And that was probably one of the, um, also one of the good uh, matches that I had with her. Um, but I know uh, we went to state, we were hanging out and talking and I heard her tell me that she'd uh, done lacrosse and was planning on going to the military and afterwards like we were just hanging out and then when I found out that me and her were wrestling I was shocked um, that she made it to finals and I had I had my chance to either beat her or lose by her again and um, after um, the match was over um, it was I was really emotional and I remember going up to her after the match was over on the finals I told her thank you for for being um, one of my hardest um, matches and competitive person all season. And she helped me a lot from developing my techniques and fixing all my mistakes that I made the past three matches that I had with her. And um, that's when I told her thank you and gave her a hug. Tell me about that emotion. Um, great photo of you with your coach, Rick Stegmeyer. Uh, who's instrumental in helping you, obviously, in your journey to the state championships this year. But describe to me that feeling, uh, winning a state title and just that emotional moment for you. I remember when I had about, like, 10 seconds on the match. And all I can hear is my coach, my coach is screaming, like, take a shot, take a shot. And in my head, I'm just like, you know, I, I take a shot. It's going to be risky. And I can either get a good shot or end up getting uh, a, end up getting a terrible shot and her going around me. And um, after when I remember she tried to head on me, I was scooting back and, and I ended up getting my head out of the way and she ended up falling to the ground. And I remember just putting pressure on her back and, and I kept looking on the clock and I remember like got five seconds, just keep her down. And after the three seconds came up, um, I knew it was, I had got the state champion and my heart just dropped and it just felt like unreal. And I couldn't believe it because I, all season, like I told myself like, you know, I want to be a state champion, but I don't know if I'll be good enough to even get up there and be like all the, all the rest of the girls from last year who got state champion or be able to beat her again if it comes to the point where I was going to face off with her again so and like I said it was after being her being, uh, getting lost from her three times and uh, getting finally getting first place at a tournament uh, meant a lot and I remember just running up to my coach you know like crying like yeah I, yeah, I can't believe this like it was it was, felt unreal to me Perfect segue as coach joins us here. Coach she, um, Elizabeth was just describing, obviously, the state championship match. And you called out to her, take a shot, take a shot. Do you recall that? And um, just, you know, what was that uh, strategy like for, for you as you? Well, what, um, 
But what we were thinking was um, at that point of the match, she had been hit for stalling previous just before that. And that tied the score. And I wanted her to be assertive, but maybe turn um, the match so that she could shoot out going out of bounds. Um, basically making it a safe way to look as though you are um, being aggressive and um, not put yourself in danger. And I, I was just concerned that they were going to call her for stalling one more time. You know, that's a point. And um, so then you have, you know, less than 20 seconds left and you're down and you have to score. Um, and I, that's, that's where I was um, coming from with that strategy. What was she like? What was Elizabeth like to coach this entire year, especially during that state tournament? Well, she always has such a good attitude. Just getting her to believe in herself is um, probably 80% of it. Um, she always shows up and works hard, um, does what you ask. I mean, does even more on her own. Um, you know, the, the sport itself lends, it, lends a lot to um, personal accountability and you can't cheat the scale. So you know whether or not you're eating or not. You know that um, by the end of the year, if you haven't been um, giving your body the right nutrition, you're not going to be able to um, to compete well. And this whole um, week, she was um, underweight every single day. And um, she was eating good meals. And the, her condition was, um, was good. Her technique was good. And I, I felt like as long as she um, believed in herself that she could that she could win. But tell me about what the sport has meant to you, not only on the mat, but maybe off the mat as well, how it's really made such an impact in your life. Um, this sport, like their sport is like meant it means a lot to me. Um, I feel like it helped me a lot throughout the years because I after this sport, like I don't, if I haven't done it, I don't really honestly understand where I will be, like be at. Uh, I know before I was this, before I started doing wrestling, I was hanging out with the wrong people. Um, wasn't really doing much, <laughs> but um, it means a lot. I mean, like I said, it helped me with my health issues and um, my um, the coaches and teammates just being always there for me. Um, sorry. But uh, sorry. Uh, yeah, I mean, very significant. It's, it, it's, it, meant, it meant a lot. Like, I didn't really see myself wrestling like at all didn't even know about the sport till I found out uh, when I went to middle school I didn't really think that the sport would mean a lot to me until um until I met um my high school coach um Derek who um coached me if it wasn't for him I I wouldn't be here wrestling because uh I remember I he asked me um, are you re planning on wrestling in high school? I was like, no, I don't plan on wrestling in high school because boys were going to be bigger than me. And there I knew I was going to end up getting like 10 quick uh, or stuff like that. And he was like, you know, you should, you should wrestle. Like 
there's like girls wrestling developing up um and i was like yeah i'll, I'll take a look and ended up sticking with it in high school and i really didn't like i said i really didn't see myself wrestling and it meant this sport has meant a lot to me obviously you won the state championship um how does yeah. that really help you uh, obviously you're enjoying that the school and the community uh, is, is going to celebrate that here in the coming weeks but um Tell me a little bit about maybe your future plans with the sport and, um, you know, what you plan to, to do after graduation. I uh, plan on, like, either plan on going to college and wrestling. It's between uh, Cumberland's or Campbellsville. Um, but I plan on, like, coming back in the future and uh, wrestling, uh, coaching for, um, coaching for uh, Norwood's um, women's wrestling. And, um, uh, yeah, Coach, can you speak to just how great an example Elizabeth is to the program, the school, and even the Cincinnati area as uh, we celebrate her state title? In a lot of ways, she's a pioneer. Um, you know, the girls that are competing at a high level right now, they, they've had to compete against boys. And it's, um, um, it's not an ideal situation. And uh, there's obvious physical differences. And... Um, you know, other differences as well. And, you know, those are things that she had to overcome. But, um, you know, she's well respected by her teammates. She comes in, she works hard, um, as hard as anyone. You know, she does everything that everyone else um, is asked to do. Um, that doesn't cut corners. Um, you know, talked about weight, actually training in the weight room, doing extra um, individual work. And she asks a lot of herself. And, um, and she doesn't, she doesn't settle for um, not getting it done the right way. She's a great example. And Alex, maybe a final thought from you uh, about uh, a recognition ceremony for Elizabeth. And she is the first individual state champion for Norwood since uh, 1996. Uh, just tell right. me how significant that is. It's so significant. It, it We're all so proud of her. I, I remember putting... Uh, something out on Facebook as soon as she, as soon as she won and the amount of people from Norwood and even outside of Norwood in the, in the Cincinnati area, it, it was amazing just to see everyone so excited for her. So, um, I, I mean, even I couldn't go on Sunday, but just watching on uh, the websites, I know that she was emotional. I was a little bit emotional too. Um, I was watching it with my daughter and she's only two and I hope that she can wrestle one day and I hope that she is, she's like Liz. Um, I think that says a lot about her and her as a person and uh, um, yeah, we're all so proud of her. So over the next few weeks, we, uh, we have a lot of stuff planned. A few things are a surprise, but uh, definitely have to have to get that sign up on the wall in the gym again her her second one after her fourth place finish last year so uh um obviously get the state championship ring and uh and a few other things so we're excited norwood athletic director alex hines norwood coach rick stegmeyer and the newest state champion from norwood high school liz beth banderas rodriguez really appreciate your time congratulations to you elizabeth thank you well, that's all we have for you this week on the WCPO High School Insider Podcast. I want to thank all the four football coaches that spoke with me, Larry Cox, Doug Ramsey, Pat McLaughlin, and Scott Dottillo about their takes on the Ohio high school playoff system. It's always something 
uh, to debate uh, every year, it seems like, as uh, we start uh, thinking about uh, the spring and summer and getting into uh, another season, another school year. But uh, also thanks to everyone at Norwood, uh, Norwood Athletic Director Alex Hines for setting up the interviews uh, with uh, their outstanding wrestler, state champion, first time since 1996, Elizabeth Banderas Rodriguez, uh, the first state champion individually there at Norwood since 1996. So thanks again for listening. We will talk to you soon.